Take a minute, all of you. If you're in the front, look to the back. If you're in the back, kind of look around, look to the side that you're not on. There's, there are some old people here. There, there's, there's a couple of us older ones that are holding things down. But there's a lot of young folks here too. And we invest a lot of energy and a lot of time into trying to make sure that everyone here, whatever age, whatever stage, whatever place, everyone here has an opportunity to learn more about Jesus, more about our Lord and how to live for him. And so that's why we, that's why we put time into trying to engage all the ages. One of the ways that we try to accomplish that is by having children's church. And so it is time, uh, if you're a kid between four years old and if you just kind of finished first grade, if you're in between those ages, would you join me down here in the front and, and I'm going to pray for you and then dismiss you guys at Children's Church. How's it going, guys? You doing good? And there's still more. I know there are, Caden. I know. Now, I have a question. All right. How many of you... How many of you still have a little bit of school left this year? Does anybody have any school left? Okay, how many of you are done with school for this year? School, are you, is school, how many of you wish that you could go back to school again tomorrow? Kate? Mommy's done with school too? Oh, that'll make summer extra fun when now that mommy's done, now she can just hang out by the pool all day, right? Yeah. yeah. Nothing to do till August 25th. Right. And every teacher is burrowing their laser beam eyes into my head right now. But I'm so glad that it is summertime. Now, one of the fun things about summertime, how many of you are coming to Bible school tonight? Do you think, are you coming to Bible school tonight? You are? What, here's the thing. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, you can ask your parents. Maybe they'll be able to bring you tonight. And if they can't bring you tonight, if you're busy, well, you can come tomorrow night or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You're going to come all those nights, Caden. I thought you might. Well, you can, and you too, Corbin, sure. Well, I'm glad, well, Teddy, I'm glad you're going to be here too. And here's the thing. I'm so glad you're coming. Make sure, especially if you have a fun time tonight, make sure that you invite your friends to come along. Because anybody can come. They can come and they can just sign up. Even if they can't be here tonight, they can come tomorrow night. Even if they just come one time, that could be great. Because you know what you get to do? You get to tell them about Jesus. And that's just so exciting to me. I hope that's exciting to you. So, can we pray together before you go to Children's Church? What do you think? You remember how we pray? Yeah. Put our hands together. And I bow my head and I usually close my eyes. Jesus, I thank you for these boys and girls. I thank you for the many gifted people here at this church who love kids and know how to speak to them and reach out to them and teach them. Lord, I pray that right now during Children's Church that these guys have a good time learning about you. And I pray for our Bible school program coming up tonight and the next part of this week. Lord, I pray that these guys will be able to think of friends who they can invite so that they can come and learn about Jesus too. Lord, we love you. Amen. Thank you, boys and girls. Do you see Devin and Lisa there in the back? There you go. All right. Caden's <laughs> going to be here every night. Every night. I love that enthusiasm. I love that excitement. Are you that excited? I'm going to be here every week. Yeah, Steve says, quietly. Yeah. I love the excitement. I love the enthusiasm. What a blessing we have. Don't forget, church. Don't forget what a blessing it is to be part of a church that's full of kids, right? It's a challenge and it's work. And I know not all of us are called or gifted or interested in working directly with them, but what a blessing to be able to be here and to be part of this ministry of reaching out again, not just to the, not just to the folks who are writing the checks and helping to pay the bills, and not just to the folks who know how to fit in and make everything look right. We do our best to share Jesus with everyone, even the little kids who say, I'm a ball full of energy and I don't know how to behave, <laughs> right? We try, to, we try to reach everyone as best we can. Um, this morning during our Sunday school hour, we had uh, a time of elder selection. And so um, where that went is we ended up, uh, Ross Johnson has been called to be our elder, and that's going to be effective pretty much immediately. And so um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite Ross. Where, where is Ross at right now? 
he's, oh, he's hiding over here behind Roy. See, Ross, you, you scared me because usually I'm looking over here. You, you have new seats today. Wow, it's a big day. Well, Ross and Lana, I'd like to invite you to, to join me up here in, in the front for a minute. Did you know that you don't have to sit in the same seat every week? <laughs> you can come up and join Lily or Janet. All these seats here in the front, there's plenty of space. Those of you at home, if you'd ever like to join us here, we'd love to have you. But Ross and Lana, I just wanted to invite you forward. Um, so the congregation, oh, I'm sorry. I'm walking through the fire for you. The, the, congregation, um, the congregation was excited to nominate you and to, John, and to nominate John as potential people to serve. And God has worked through the congregation to call you out to serve again. And, and Ross just finished up a three-year term as elder, but he was willing to serve again. You called him, and now here he is. And so I just want to kind of officially recognize that, that you have been called, Ross. And so uh, I'm going to read what I have on the page because it'll go better that way, okay? So at baptism, and we've seen a couple of baptisms the last few weeks, right? People kind of proclaiming their faith. At baptism, we pledge not just to follow God, but to nurture each other because we become part of the church. You, Ross, as an elder, carry a particular joy and responsibility. And Lana, as his wife and as his partner, you share in some of the responsibilities and joys. You, Ross, were chosen from among us to lead and counsel us. You are charged to represent the gospel of God with gentleness and insight as the Spirit guides you in your words and in your witness with us. Through your ministry, our faith will be nurtured and deepened. We look to you as part of the team of elders to equip us to live the truth of Jesus Christ in community, family, the workplace, and the larger world. Ross, do you commit and promise by the grace of God to give yourself to this calling with diligence, energy, and love, and to be guided by the Spirit and the Word of God as we find it in the Bible? If so, say, I do, and we do. I do. We do. We do. Thank you. Christians, church, let us acknowledge the gift and calling of our brother. Please repeat after me. We receive you as a servant of Christ. We pledge to support you in your service. We will encourage you with works and prayers. And we consider ourselves co-workers with you in the service of Christ. Servants of Christ, accept the service, the service with which you have been entrusted. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Present yourselves to God as approved workers, ever faithful to the Spirit of God. Remember always that Jesus called you friends as well as servants. Attend to prayer, for without God, you can do nothing. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for our brother Ross and our sister Lana. I thank you for Anthony and Carrie and Robert and Kendra and Reuben and Rachel and Steve and Donna and for their participation as well on the elder board. But Lord, I pray for your blessing upon Ross and Lana now as Ross steps into this next term. Lord, I pray that you would empower him and empower them, not just to do what you call them to do, but to be at peace and to be filled with joy, knowing that it's not their power that is needed, but it's yours. It's not their agenda that we will follow, but Lord, it is yours. And it is not their inspiration that will guide us, Lord, it is yours. And so, Lord, help them and help us to grow ever closer to you and live more and more the way Jesus did. It is in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother and sister. Ross is now going to preach the sermon today. He... <laughs> no, sorry. I just, just curious. curious to see how that would go. I had, a, uh, I had a professor in seminary that said if you're going to be a pastor or potentially even an elder, you ought to be ready to pray, preach, or die at a moment's notice. Did you ever hear that, Steve? That's one of those long ago kind of sayings, right? Pray, preach, or die. You didn't hear the die part? <laughs> ah. Pray, preach, or die at a moment's notice. And we see that in Jesus, don't we? 
I mean, as we continue to study the book of Mark, I hope you're getting more acquainted and more familiar with who Jesus is, what he did, and how he lived. And do you see that no matter the situation, he was able to meet it with exactly what was needed? Now, Jesus is the Son of God. He had a relationship with God that is accessible to us, but his was, his was at a higher plane than ours because he never had sin to kind of get in between him and the Lord and mess things up the way so many of us have. And so Jesus had a connection with God that, that we are called to have as well, but, but there is no doubt that he had a fellowship that is closer than what most of us enjoy most of the time. Nonetheless, we see and we will see today that Jesus, as he meets these challenges around him, as he meets opposition from the enemy and as he encounters evil, Jesus is always prepared because he is acting by the power of God. And what I'm going to submit to you today before you leave is I'm going to remind you that this same power is available for us. The same Holy Spirit that helped Jesus Christ is given to us if we will receive it and focus our lives on the Lord. And so this is where we're going today. But first, I have a question. I, I want to see what kind of person you are. Seems to me there's two kinds of people. There's two kinds of people that when they walk into a restaurant, they know. One kind of person orders the same thing they got last time because they know it and they like it and there's no reason to change. But there is another kind of people in this world. They walk into a restaurant and that restaurant is familiar. They didn't want to be there or they wanted to go to somewhere new, but their spouse likes this place. And this person, even though they know that they like the burgers and even though they know that they like the wings and even though they know that the steak is great and the pasta is good because they've had it all before, they will still try the meal that they've never tried before because they've never tried it before. Which one are you? Now, now just, just a quick poll, I'm not going to count, but, but I am going to ask you, raise your hand, would you, tend, would you tend to pick the same old thing most of the time because you know what you're getting? Raise your hand if you're that one. Okay, now put your hands down. Would you tend to try the other thing because I know I like that stuff, but I don't know about this one, I need to try it. How many of you are the trier? Okay, it looks like, it looks like about 60-40, if I were to, that's just my Really quick, a lot of you here are the more stable folks, the more predictable folks, right? <laughs> the ones that we might look at and say, oh yeah, you know, he's going to get the steak, medium rare, just like he always does. A few of you are the adventuresome ones, right? You're the ones that bring life to the world because yes, I will try the Mako shark and I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there is something about us, and, and we're wired differently, right? God gave us all different kinds of inclinations. We call it our personality, perhaps. But some of us are just those kind of people that, hey, once we find something that works, why change? Why do I need to go and have that exotic experiment? I already know that the mashed potatoes and meatloaf are delicious. And there are others who say, yeah, that's fine, but what if I miss out? on the special, right? It's interesting to me. As we, as we look at the Lord, we often project, and we should not do this, but we often project our own inclinations upon the Lord. And here's what I see in this passage today as we're getting ready to read from Mark chapter 7. I see, I see Jesus Christ who brings these two polarities that we just raised our hands about. I see a Jesus who brings those things together because Jesus is working with the same power that he's always worked with. We've been reading through Mark, studying through Mark. The first seven and a half chapters that we've read so far have shown Jesus acting with power, Jesus acting with wisdom, Jesus acting to heal, Jesus acting to inspire, Jesus teaching. He's all doing it with the same power from the same God who does not change. And yet, Jesus runs into these circumstances and rarely does he act exactly the same way twice. He runs into a couple of different blind men through the Gospels, and he never heals any of them in exactly the same way. So this is fascinating. Let's take a look. Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Jesus has been moving around. Jesus is now gathering quite a following. People want to hear what he has to say. They want to see what he's going to do. There are people who are coming to him to be healed because they have seen him and heard about the miracles that he performs and so Jesus is being followed by a large crowd of people, thousands of people 
just waiting to see what he'll do next. It says in verse 24, Jesus left the place where he was, went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. Jesus, to this point, has really been focusing on the Jewish folks. Not exclusively. He interacts with the Greek folks who are in his crowd. But so much of his ministry has been in Jewish places. So much of his ministry has been among the people he grew up with, the people who share the same kind of blood, But here's this Greek woman, born in Syria and Phoenicia, and she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. When we have deep needs, sometimes our cultural divides melt away. Well, I don't care if he grew up in a different place. If he can help me, I'm going to talk to him, right? But Jesus is aware of this. It says in in verse 27, she's been begging him. Jesus says, first, let the children eat all they want. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Jesus is making a commentary here. Jesus knowing that she was not a Jewish lady. Jesus knowing that his first intention was to come and speak to God's children, the Jews, God's special nation. Jesus says, first let the children, this is God's children, God's people, first let them eat all they want. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, some of you do that these days because dogs have gotten a strange place in our world. The bumper stickers say dogs are people too. At the risk of offending most of you, no, they're not. (laughs) They're still dogs. You see what Jesus says, don't take the food away from the kids to give it to the dogs. This is, if this was 2022, Jesus would be accused of hate speech. You're calling my people dogs? Oh yeah, that's what Jesus did here. He said, look, you are not part of God's chosen people. You are not a Jew. There's a little bit of a test here. It'd be interesting to watch. I would love to watch Jesus deliver this line to see if he did it with a wink or with a nod to see what his voice would have sounded like. But we see how serious this woman was about him. Look at verse 28. How does she respond? She doesn't get all offended. She doesn't say, how dare you? She doesn't pull out her phone and record him to see what she could post on her account next. She says, Lord... We learn here what she believes, right? She, and this is what Jesus wanted to see, she is cutting through all the cultural stuff and her faith is on display. She's not just somebody looking for a handout. She's somebody following her Lord. She says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Basically what she says is, Jesus, even the leftovers from you are worth hanging around for. You can call me a dog if you want to, but I'll take whatever I can get if it comes from you, Jesus. You see her humility here? Do you see her love here? Do you see the respect that she shows him? Lord, Lord, I will take what I can get. Oh, we could could say a lot more about this, but I'm going to leave that up to some of your personal study today. Maybe you want to go home and look at Mark 7, Verses 27 and 28 and 29. Look at verse 29. What did Jesus say to this? He says, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Interesting, Jesus in the book of Mark, Jesus has run into other people before. Do you remember the story about the man who was filled with a legion of demons? There are different names for that but a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the guy who, who had broken all of his chains. He lived out among the tombs, and he used to cut his body. And, and, and when Jesus spoke to him, Jesus said, who are you? And, and from this man's body spoke a demon who was representing many demons. He said, we are a legion, for we are many. And Jesus cast him out. Here, Jesus isn't even in sight of this little girl. He doesn't go to be where she is. He just simply says, all right, all right, I'll do this for you. Interesting, Jesus using using the same power, but doing it a little bit of a different way, right? 
What happened? She went home, found her child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Look at verse 31. Look at, look at how this passage continues. Then after that, after that, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and to the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and who could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Just picture this, okay? You've got a deaf man who could hardly speak. Doesn't say anything about him being blind, so he can see what's going on. And what does Jesus do? Puts his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Does your doctor do that? <laughs> if your doctor does that, maybe find a different doctor. Right? This, this, would, be, this would be really odd if we were to encounter this today. Uh, this, this seems strange, right, if you stop and think about it. But this is what Jesus did. What next? Verse 34. Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, with a deep sigh, said to him, Ephatha. That's, that's my best attempt at reading this different language. Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Again, here's a man healed, but fingers in the ears, spit on the tongue, Jesus can bring a little girl back to safety after she was possessed by demons from a distance just by, just by thinking it, just by stating it out loud. But with this guy, he puts his fingers in his ears. He puts some spit on his tongue, looks up to heaven, says, Ephatha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened. And he began to speak plainly. Again, lots of symbolism that we could get into if there were perhaps a bit more time this morning. Here's what I'm going to suggest to you. I'm going to suggest to you that Jesus has the power to do things any way he'd like to in their lives and in yours. God has the power to change your life any way your life needs to be changed if you're willing to go along with him. God can change anything. He doesn't need to be right beside you, although we might say that he is. His Holy Spirit surrounds us. God has the power, even if Jesus isn't standing in front of you to put his fingers in your ears and his spit on your tongue, God has the power to get through to you and to help you be who you need to be so that you can do what you need to do. I'm going to submit to you that Jesus is simply a creative God. And he knows that certain ones of us need certain things to be able to live well. Jesus knows that some of us, all we need to do is hear that things are well, and that's good enough for us. We're praising God because Jesus didn't even have to be here, and he made things right. Jesus knows that some of us need a touch. Any of you, any of you people sometimes just need a touch from the Lord? And have any of you ever noticed that at just the right time, that person comes and gives you the hug? It may be isn't the same kind of experience of Jesus that you were expecting, but at just the right time, that person shakes your hand or gives you that look that says, yes, we're connecting. These are the things that Jesus does. Always different styles, right? And here in Mark chapter 7, we just see more inventory. If Jesus isn't close by, but you need him, he can take care of that. If Jesus is right here and you need him, well, he can take care of that. Sometimes he touches you. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes you get spit on your tongue. Sometimes you don't. Verse 36, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. And what did the people say? They say, he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is Jesus. This is the one we've been singing about today. This is 2,000 years ago when he was walking on this earth. This is the stuff that he did. And today, this is the stuff that he can do when we need it and if we need it. 
Jesus seems not to be so much about precedent, not to be so much about, well, how did I do this before? Hang on, deaf man. Let me remember, what did I do last time I saw a deaf guy? No, Jesus just says, all right, Ephatha, you're fine. People were overwhelmed with amazement. No particular pattern, except that it works. Those of you who like to order the same thing every time when you go to that restaurant, how does that sit with you? Any of you who always like the same meal, are are there any of you who have ever gotten stuck expecting God to always act the same way? And have you ever been disappointed when he hasn't? I know what that's like. I'm the guy that often tries the other stuff. Let, let me try that. Sometimes I'm excited and it works out. Other times I say, you know, I should have had the chicken parmesan because it's always good. But you know, there are some really neat things that God has done in my life. There are some things that I look back on and that I just, I just can't believe the way the Lord came through. And I hope most of you have stories like that too things that God did, and and maybe it worked out the way you expected, or maybe it didn't, but you can look back now, and and if you were pressed, you could tell someone a story about what God has done in your life. How many of you have a story like that, right? Do you ever, especially if you're the order the same thing every time kind of person, do you ever get stuck looking for God to do the same thing again and get frustrated when he doesn't? Be careful about that, Christians. Sometimes we expect God to come back in exactly the same way, but what do we see in the Gospels? We see that Jesus is always at work, and God has plenty of power to do exactly what he needs to do, but doesn't often repeat himself the same exact way. Make sure you look for God and not just some pattern. And those of you who are the ones who like to go into the restaurant and order whatever the new special is every time, I hope that you will remember that even though Jesus works in different ways all the time. And that might be exciting to you. I hope that you will remember that over time, the core of who God is, the essence of our Lord, the love of our Jesus and the power that's available, that does not change. Even though you may like a whole lot of variety in your life, let me tell you that our Lord is faithful and there are things that you can count on. He will always be there. He will always look after you. He loves you so much that he will not let you fall. He is preparing a place for those who believe in him. These things are trustworthy and true. Don't assume that God is flighty just because you are. We have a Lord we can count on, but don't expect every action to be the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but God's method change according to what is needed. This is probably a good lesson for us. See, you are not defined only by what you do. God is not defined only by his actions, and we are not defined only by our actions. How are we defined? Well, when we believe in Jesus Christ, you and I are now sons and daughters of the King. That's who we are. When we believe in Jesus Christ, when we give our heart to him, when we are, quote unquote, saved, we are no longer our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We are part of God's family. We are God's sons and daughters. And you know, along with that sonship and that daughter, daughtership, daughterhood, daughterness, along with being sons and daughters of the Lord, We have certain privileges and certain power that is ours to steward. And this is where I want to take us for the next couple of minutes this morning. We read here in this middle section of Mark about this this Greek woman who had a daughter who was possessed by a demon. That may sound like the kind of thing that, oh, we read that in the Bible, all right, I'm sitting in church, I could accept that, here we go. But do any of you think in these terms today, You should. You should, because the demons haven't been going anywhere. They are still around. Demons are simply fallen angels. Angels are created by the Lord before humanity was. Angels around longer than us. 
Angels do not die. They will last for eternity. That is why God is preparing hell for the angels who rejected the Lord. And demons are simply those angels who were created by God, who were supposed to worship God, but at one time in history decided, no, instead we're going to worship Satan because we think Satan, who is one of those created angels, we think he has a better idea. We're told in the scripture that a third of the angels followed Satan, who was one of these created angels. And they tried to rebel against the Lord in heaven. They were not strong enough to win, and so they were cast down. And now we know that our reality today is that while God is powerful in heaven, and while God's agenda is being worked out, there is still, in the spiritual realm, there is still a great force of evil that has been given some time to try. Now, since that fall of Satan, God created us. And all of us, at one time or another, have also turned away from the Lord. That's called sin. For some of you, I know, this is like basic Christianity 101. But but hang with me here. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. The scripture tells us that all of humanity has at one time or another done something that we knew was not in accordance with the will of God. That's called sin. And so this is why Jesus came. Jesus came so that we could come back to the Lord, so that our sin could be washed away, and so that no longer would we have to be embarrassed in the sight of God. No longer would we have to be hidden in shame. No longer would God have to reject us because of our evil. No, instead we can be forgiven. We can be saved. We can be redeemed. This is how we become sons and daughters of the King. And one of the really fascinating things about being a son and a daughter of the king is that God fills us with his Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the Apostle Paul writes to a church in Corinth, writing to regular Christians. He says, Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Did you know, believers, that just like those Corinthians, if you follow after Jesus Christ, if you have committed your life to him, if you've asked him to forgive you of your sins, and if you call him Lord, did you know that you have access to this same Holy Spirit as well? Did you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? What I might do is go down a path that says, so now act like it. But I don't need to tell you that because I've told you that before and you got the lesson, right? Here's what I do want to talk about today. Do you understand? Do you understand that the power that Jesus had to make a difference in the world? Do you understand that the power Jesus displayed over that demon that was in that girl? Do you understand that you have access to that same power? Now, here's where things get weird, and here's where we start to make mistakes. We start to think that we have all of the exact same power as Jesus. Well, we do not. Let me give you an example. Well, Mark gave us an example. Here in Mark chapter 7, we see this man who is deaf and mostly mute. There's no talk of demons there. There's no talk of evil. He simply, his body doesn't work right. Jesus, because he was the son of God, had power over that man's body, right? I mean, it it wasn't like he had magic fingers that he just stuck in his ear and, and like special spit that loosened up his tongue. No, Jesus had power, had authority over that man's body because Jesus, in fact, is the one who created that body in the first place. We're told that Jesus, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit were there back at the beginning. Jesus created this world. He has power over it. He knows how these bodies work, and so Jesus has power to heal bodies that are broken. That's what he did with this man, right? Now, unless God gives you a really special gift, You are not going to be able to walk up to a deaf man or a deaf woman today, stick your fingers in their ears, and make them hear. You do not have authority over their bodies because you didn't create them, and you are not Jesus. What do we have? We have the same spiritual authority that Jesus did, and that spiritual authority makes a big difference in the world too. That spiritual authority is what Jesus had that said to the woman, She said, I'll take whatever scraps you have. Jesus says, your daughter's fine. That demon is gone. Jesus has authority over those demons. Why? Because he is the son of God. Did you know that you have authority over demons too? Why? Because Jesus gave it to us. The same Holy Spirit 
who is more powerful than any angel, demon, or created thing. That same Holy Spirit is in us. And Jesus gave us authority to be able to stand up against evil. Now, there are physical things that happen. Our bodies break down, and we don't have authority over all that stuff because we didn't make these bodies. But God has given us authority in a spiritual realm so that we don't have to cower, and we don't have to be afraid, and we don't have to listen to Satan when he suggests things for us to do. John 10.10 is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. Jesus says the thief, he's talking about the devil here, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, here is the offer, life. Even though the thief is trying to take all that you have, Jesus says, I give you all that you need. In James chapter 4, James is writing to believers and he says, resist the devil, that fallen angel, the chief of all the demons. He says to believers, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, resistance is not always an easy thing. Resistance is not always a short time span kind of a thing. Sometimes resistance is our whole lives. But what does James say? What does the Bible teach us? It teaches us that we can resist the devil and that the devil will flee from us. We do not have to be under his power. James 4 verse 8 continues, come near to God and God will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Do you realize that you have access to the same spiritual power that Jesus did? Because Jesus sends us his Holy Spirit. Some of you are tracking right along and you get it and you're excited. Some of you are sitting there and saying, who cares? What's the big deal? Why does this matter in 2022? Let me tell you why it matters. It matters because all of us, you know, we were just here in commissioned Ross, a little bit ago, to be an elder in the church, just like we've commissioned the other elders. Many of you have some kind of a commission here in the church. You have a job. You're a Bible school director. You're a Christian ed director. You're a Sunday school teacher. You're someone who's on the property team and helps to keep things together. You're someone who's on the worship team, and so you come forward and you help to lead us in music and, and in praise. All these things, we, we have these tasks. We have these jobs that we do. We have these ministries that we perform. But all of you, if you are a Christian, you have a calling too, right? You have a calling to follow after Jesus with all of your life and to tell other people about him. But you have an enemy, the devil, who doesn't want to see you do that. Because what was the problem in the beginning? The devil, Satan, the enemy decided, God, I don't want to give you glory. I want glory for myself. He convinced a third of the angels to follow after him. And now he's looking for humanity to follow after him in the same way. And so Satan is working to try to steal God's glory, to try to get us to give it to him instead. And if Satan can't get us to worship him, he will at least try to stop us from worshiping the Lord. And all of you have experienced this. And I'm going to guess that many of you have experienced this in the last little while. Why? Because big things are happening around you. Have any of you put this together? I'm just going to call out a couple things because this kind of came together, I feel like, as puzzle pieces in my mind the last couple of days. Three out of the last, or two out of the last four Sundays, what have we done up here after the sermon? Do you remember? Before the tent was here, Lily, what did we have up here in the front? We had that big tank of water, right? And what did we do? We baptized people. Brandon, do you remember what baptism means? Baptism means if a person gets baptized, it's because they're showing their faith. I'm glad you knew that because you were one of those people that got baptized, right? They're showing their faith. They're making a public proclamation that says, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've asked him to forgive me, and he is my Lord. You know that Satan doesn't like that very much because all of us have a choice to make. We're either going to follow God or we're not. God says, follow after me. People are coming forward, being baptized, making this public proclamation the way Jesus said to do it, saying, I follow after Jesus. Satan doesn't care for that very much. And so what happens is we have all of this static in our lives. That have, Did any of you notice this? I noticed this. Did any of you notice just weird things happening that week leading up to baptism, both times we did it? Any of you who got baptized, did you notice any of that? Did any of you have like a bad attitude or maybe be tempted to have a bad attitude? Any of you who are getting baptized, did any of you have a bad week that made you think, you know, maybe this isn't the week after all? I don't know. I felt some of that stuff. 
Church, you and I are opposed. And even more so as we do things that bring glory to God. What are we doing this week? I mean, we might say, yeah, we're having a good time teaching kids about Jesus. That, that might be Bible school on the face of things. But, but you know, um, Carrie, about what percent of the kids that are signed up to come to Bible school are from this church? Maybe 30%. So, so two-thirds of the kids who are going to be around Waterway Church this week, and, and about how many kids do you expect? 180. 180. Okay, so church, listen to this. This is what's going on here. So we're going to have 180 kids here for the next five nights. 120 of them are not our children. They're from out there somewhere. You invited them, or they heard about it online, or they saw the sign, or they've just been coming for a while and they love it. We have 120 kids who are going to spend about 10 hours here this week, and it's all going to be about telling them about Jesus. Do you think Satan gets excited about that kind of thing? Do you think that all these demons who still exist and who were 2,000 years ago filling up these little Gentile girls so that they wouldn't turn to Jesus, do you think the demons are just sitting back and saying, oh man, Waterway Church, they, they get to talk to 120 kids for two hours every night. I, I guess we're whipped. Is that what those demons are doing? Is that what Satan is doing, this thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy? No, he's trying to kill and steal and destroy. Any of you volunteers who are helping out with Bible school, have any of you noticed any static this week? Just weird stuff in your life that kind of got you frustrated, got you frazzled, got you wondering, oh, how am I ever going to do this? How is there time? How is there going to be energy? What am I? Oh, the weather. What are we going to do if it rains? Well, we're going to tell kids about Jesus. But you see how easy it is for us to be taken out when we kind of forget the big picture. Some of us just say, well, I'm just having a bad day. Or, or some of us can look at all of the situation in our life and say, well, of course I feel overwhelmed right now. Of course I feel frustrated. You know, of, of course, X, you know, we fill it all out. But don't forget, not every bad thing comes from the devil. Sometimes our bodies just get sick, Right? Not every bad thing comes from the devil. Sometimes our chemistry is just off, and there are things like depression and anxiety and illness, right? There are physical things that happen. Sometimes we're just deaf. Our ears just don't work, right? Those things happen. But how many things happen around you that just have that weird kind of vibe about it? It makes you say, boy, something's just off. Do you remember the power that you have to stand up against the devil and his schemes? Is that a category for you at all, church? Or have we become so modern and sophisticated and intelligent that we just kind of, oh, that, that's just superstitious stuff? Well, when we do that, you know what it does? It makes us prime targets to just continue to be under the oppression of Satan, who is the father of lies. And we try to medicate for it, and we go to counseling for it, and we try to just eat our way through it. We hope our way through it. Well, when the pandemic's over, then I'll finally feel better, right? When, when, I, when this financial thing, when I can finally, you know, afford to put gas in my car again, then, then that's when the good life is going to start, right? We look for all this kind of stuff. And what I want to say to you, church, is, you know, economics are tough and illnesses are tough and, and those things are real, but your attitude and the way that you see things and the way that you respond to things is 100% in your control because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And every moment of every day, you and I have a decision to make Will we continue to follow after God? Will we continue to work in the power of the Holy Spirit? Will we continue to stand up against Satan and his lies? Will we continue to reject them? And will we continue to press on? Or will we agree with Satan and just say, you know, I guess I am having a bad day. Let's just ruin it all. Oh, I, I guess I am. I guess I am just a loser. Why even try? I guess I am just anxious. Why even seek for peace? I guess I am just depressed. Why should I ever expect 
joy. Now again, there are real physical and chemical things that can happen in our bodies, but do you understand, church, how much power you have, though, in the spiritual realm? Because you are a son and daughter of the king. Yeah, tough things happen to us, but let's not add to it by just going along with all of it. Stand up. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You may, know, you may still need to take your medicine, but at least, at least you won't have all of that spiritual static holding you down. We've got so many neat things that are happening here around this church. And how many of you are excited even right now for things that are going to be happening this week in your life or this month or... or how many of you, school is finally over or, or just about finally over and you've got finally this summer, this is going to be life. This is going to be living. We're almost there. Well, look for that joy. Receive that hope. But don't turn a blind eye to the fact that Satan, the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, is still trying to kill and steal and destroy. And if you're not aware of him, or, or if you just kind of assume that he's no longer here, you're a sitting duck. Don't, don't make yourself vulnerable like that. Stand up in the power of the Spirit, recognizing that even though God doesn't always do things exactly the same way every time, God's power is enough to give you what you may need no matter what. I'm going to ask all of you who are helping with Bible school, would you stand up? If you're helping in one way or another. There's a lot of you, I know. Stand up. Stand up. Thank you for being willing. Thank you for, thank you for having a heart to say, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to do this again. Thank you so much. We are going to pray for you. And those of you who are seated, just find somebody or a crowd of somebodies who's standing up, Look at them and kind of direct your attention toward them. And let's pray together for all of these who are standing and for all of what's going to unfold the next five days here at Waterway. I think we should pray. Remembering that these are not just our good wishes. This is not just our good luck, everybody. No, this is us as sons and daughters of the King, praying with the Holy Spirit as our guide, agreeing with God that we are following after him and we will receive what he has for us. And we will reject and stand up against and resist everything that the enemy might throw our way. This is the prayer that we're going to pray. Will you join me in prayer? And if you're close to somebody that you know very well and you just want to put a hand on their shoulder or, or, or a hand on their back, go ahead and do that. Sometimes that physical touch can mean a lot to the people around you if you know who they are and you're not creepy. God, thank you for the work that you've been doing even in this dark world. Lord, I thank you for the Christian brothers and sisters all around this planet who are worshiping you, who are praising you, who are looking forward to all the good things that you have in store for us. And Lord, I thank you that we get to be part of your family. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have every day. But for the special opportunity that we have this week, to offer Bible school to our community and to all who will come. And thank you, Lord, that you've stirred so many hearts to plan to come. Lord, I pray a special blessing on our entire Christian education team as they've been working hard to plan things. I pray a special blessing on Carrie Johnson and Maria King as they are our directors and they've been working diligently to get things done. I pray for all those people who are working behind the scenes with organization and administration to make sure that everything works smoothly. Lord, we pray for those who are going to be teaching, that you would help them to teach well. For those who are leading crafts and who are bringing snacks and who are leading recreation, that you will be able to use those things to supplement the lessons so that kids have this understanding that in all things you are there. Lord, we pray for this facility, that as people come and go, that they would encounter your spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would send your angels to protect this place so that no hint of evil would be around here. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. 
And Lord, I pray that you would help all folks who come to this place to get a sense that there is something different happening here, not just because of us, but Lord, because you are here and you are present. Holy Spirit, come fill our hearts, please. Fill us again so that we can do things that we might not have been able to do on our own. So that we can say things that get through to people so that they can see our hope and that they can begin to live out your salvation. Holy Spirit, come and, and I pray that you would fill this room and this property, fill this place with a kind of an energy that people recognize comes only from you and that they want more of. And Lord, give us boldness to tell them all about you. Lord, I pray for these hours in between. I pray that you would help all of us who are helping out to stay focused on you, not to turn back to our sin, not to give in to depression or discouragement or fatigue, but to continue to stand strong and resist the devil. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the kind of power that says I will not be taken out by the devil's schemes. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the endurance to continue to stand no matter what. Lord, I thank you for each person who is committed to your mission in every area of life. Lord, help us not to forget that we live in a spiritual world, not just a physical world. Help us to pay attention to the spiritual realities around us. Help us to continue to live by your spirit. And Lord, help us to remember and exercise the authority that we have over evil. Lord, we trust that you'll give us patience and grace to deal with the physical things that just are. But Lord, we trust that you will give us victory over the spiritual realm just as you will exercise it over the devil and all things wrong. Lord, we love you and praise you. We give you Bible school. It's yours. We give you these children who are coming. Lord, they are yours. Lord, we give you our efforts. It's yours. This is not about us. It's not about Waterway Church. It's not about what some people can do. Lord, this is all for you. We proclaim it now in the name of Jesus Christ. We will take no credit. Lord, we give all to you. Lord, help us now, help us now to be exactly what you want us to be. We pray by the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would all of you please stand? Our worship team is going to lead us in one final...